Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Ooh, welcome. It's part three. It's part three of Cop On Podcast's Real Madrid preview special. Um, I'm joined by Alan in Ireland. I'm joined by Jamie in his car. Welcome, Jamie. How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. Turns out I don't need to go. I can't go home now because I've got to be somewhere. So I might as well stay in the car. Oh, that's nice. You're joining us from the car. Where is your car? Um, in Birmingham, actually. I'm in Birmingham at the moment. Nice. What are you doing there? Are you trying to, I don't know, get something, get something from the from the LFC shop in the Birmingham shopping centre? No, just just working. Sadly, just working. Just come, okay. on, come on, me lunch break. Oh well, that's nice. There you go. Well, you you know, feel you join us for as long as you can. You're more than welcome. It's been a while, JB, since we since we spoke. Uh, since you've been on Cop On, uh, basically, I imagine you've been you've been loving this season. And and how do you feel about? I mean, the the big disappointment on on Sunday, the way it the way it worked out was particularly hard, wasn't it? But uh, have you recovered from Sunday? Are you are you still you know enjoying it? Taking the zoomed out view, or how how rosy the garden's looking? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we had the disappointment of of what happened on on Sunday, but you know, I think I made me peace with it as soon as City went two one. So as soon as it went two one, City, I was I I was in full expectation that it was going to end three two. So I didn't sort of go through the rigmarole of getting upset at two and three going in. I knew from one what were that where that train was going. So, you know, and then the season as a whole, it's been it's been great, hasn't it? You can't, you know, people keep pointing to individual results, but if you break 90 points, then you can't start going on individual results because then you're in the territory of demanding 38 wins and no one's ever done that before. So yeah, I'm happy. Two cups, one hopefully to come on Saturday. You can't really you know, asking for more would be perfection and no one's ever achieved that. So, you know. It's a great answer. It's a great answer. Thank you very much, Jamie. It's really, really great to have you with us. And are you feeling, Jamie, just sticking with you for a moment, are you feeling, you know, what sort of percentage chance, you know, would you give us of, of, of bringing home number seven on Saturday? I'd say, you know, oh, you've always got to factor in, in 90 minutes, you've always got to factor in the draw. But I think to get in, you know, to win the cup, I think I think it's seventy five percent Liverpool's. Wow. Um, the big thing, the thing that I think will help Real Madrid the most, if it does, and we'll probably get into this later, is the five substitutes. I actually think it helps them more than it helps us um, because of their midfield options. They did it in the Chelsea game. I think they did it in the the did it in the Chelsea game. They did it in the City game. But we'll come on to that a bit later. So. Um, I think when we talk about the game as a whole, but yeah, I think about seventy-five percent confident that that Liverpool are going to do it. I'd love to share that confidence. I'm 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 on about fifty-two percent Liverpool, forty-eight percent Madrid. Alan, you're, you're welcome to cop on. Welcome back. Brian's joined us as well. He's found his mic cord. Excellent stuff. But Alan, what percentage chance would you give it? How how fruity are you feeling? Oh, yeah, I'm very confident. Uh, I'd, I'd agree with Jamie there. I'd 75% confident. Um, I think um, I think we played great all season. We, we, we were we're the team to beat, really. Um, I agree with the five subs too. They have a lot of good subs to come on, but, but we have a good few as well. And uh, I think Van Dyke said said something that he's 100% fit. I think so. If Van Dyke's playing, I'd be very confident. Um, the only thing I would 
slight hesitation about is is Madrid's name on the cup. You know, one of those seasons where they're losing and they just get past like we did in 2005 and stuff. But apart from that, I'm, as Jamie said, 75% confident. Excellent stuff. Doug is in the chat. Hi, Doug. Doug from the Dugout Football Channel. He says, good afternoon, gents. And he says he's 60-40. Um, he thinks their defence is not the same, not the same as, as last season, not the same as before. Uh, perhaps they're, uh, you know, they, they've... They've uh, yeah, they've lost a bit of their defensive stability. Brian, I'll give you I'll give you um an exciting positive stat that I was just talking to Josh from analysing Anfield about. Um the amount the, the amount of shots faced in the Champions League, um obviously each team has played twelve games to get to the final. Liverpool have conceded twenty-seven shots on target. Real Madrid have conceded I believe it was 64, around about 64 shots on target. So almost four times as many. Um, Does that fill you with confidence, Brian? What's your percentage chance of Liverpool bringing home number seven? Yeah, I'm feeling uh, 80. You know, 80 percent is a nice round number. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm really looking forward to this game. I have been for a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm with Jamie Carragher when he was saying that uh, everybody's trying to push this narrative that it's, yeah, but it is Real Madrid. It is Real Madrid, but it's not the same Real Madrid team that we are all thinking of each time. I mean, they, uh, a lot of people consider this particular Real Madrid team to be one of the weakest uh, teams to reach a final for a very long time. And uh, they're not as strong as Chelsea. They're not as strong as Man City. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm feeling bullish. I mean, particularly with uh, the, it seems like we're being drip fed um, positive news uh, out of Liverpool um, this week. You know, the latest thing I've read is that uh, Mo has said in the presser that he's going to be around next next uh, year, whether he does a, a contract extension or not, he's still going to be playing for Liverpool. So that's encouraging. And then I heard, uh, and then I read about Thiago's injury um, was not a muscle uh, or a calf um, strain. It was, you know, some maybe something to do with Achilles, and that that could possibly be workable as well. And Fabio's and back in full training, Virgil's fit. I don't know. I'm feeling good. Yeah, Virgil has uh, confirmed that he's 100% fit for the final. That is huge. That is huge news. Um, one of the big questions, I, I love the 80%. I mean, you guys, are, you're so optimistic compared to me. I've got, we'll get into why I'm particularly nervous about, about this final in, in a bit. Um, but, uh, Jamie, um, the big question everyone's asking, and I'm asking everyone, to be honest, is who's going to play alongside Big Verge at the back? Um, there are great arguments to support either Matip or Konate. Who who would you pick? Um, if you were if you were asking me this question before Wolves, I'd have gone Konate definitely. Um, I think the way we conceded the goal against Wolves shook him up, and it shook him up for a good period of that game. You know, I don't think he played very well at all after it. Um, so I th- I think it's got to be Joe Matip now. Um, although he's not as quick as Canate, he's not as powerful as Canate. Although he's he's strong enough. Um, I just think that partnership between between Van Dijk and Matip will be has been important for us all season. Um, 
And yeah, I think I think it's got to be Matip now. Um, to be honest, if you were asking me, me pecking order, I'd even be tempted to throw Joe Gomez in before before Canate. I know that's a bit Ooh, of a mad one to say, given the run that Canate's had. But I just think he looked... I think the occasion got to him a little bit on Sunday. And that showed in the way he made the error for the goal. So how he'll stand up to Real Madrid in the Champions League final, I'd be a little bit worried about it. So, yeah, definitely Matip. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. Um, although I'm 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 gonna go with Carnate and I'll and, and I'll just explain why briefly. It's just because I think the accuracy of Luka Modric and Tony Cruz's passing, where they will only need one touch to play it perfectly into Vinicius's path, means that he's guaranteed at some point to be, you know, in that race, in this space behind Trent um, and I, for that reason I would go with Konate just as, as, as a horse for a course and also because I think Konate's yes he did make a mistake but I thought he, he I, I don't know I didn't think he was that shaky and you know he has a mistake sort of once every every three or four games for us on average I reckon uh, and uh, so he's he's had his mistake against Wolves, so I think he could be impeccable against Real Madrid. I don't know what what, what okay. do you reckon, Jamie? Well, also it also depends a lot on whether Fabinho's fit as well. Because if Jordan Henderson's in that, if Jordan Henderson's in that right hand side midfield role, then he can do the cover for Trent. So Canate is not as big as a necessity. If Henderson has to play in the six, then he can't get over that side as much because he's got to worry about you know both sides at the same, as much as each other so if Henderson's playing on the right hand side of the midfield three then we can we can probably play Matic to counteract that um, as well so yeah Canate is important for what you're saying if we haven't got Henderson in the side as well so yeah interesting interesting answer what do, what do you reckon Alan uh, I am 100% Matip all the way um, Ibu Ibu is going to be a great player but he has that mistake in him. It's it's not his first time this season to get caught out um, position-wise. And I think he's a bit too much hands-on sometimes. Um, you know, when he's defending the goal, he puts his hands on players and stuff. And I think someone like uh, Benzema will get fouls out of him easy or possibly a penalty. But also like Joel Matzip, I know everybody speaks about um, Ibu being faster. But like, there's no coincidence that the last time Joel Matip played a full season without injury was 2019, and we finished one point behind City then, and we won the Champions League then. So I think he's a fantastic player that people are kind of um, going on about his pace a lot lately because Ibu is faster. But to me, his positioning, his his going forward play, even like he brings the ball out, which sucks their midfielders into tackle him. Um, and I just think it's too early for Ibu for a Champions League final. Uh, he has that mistake in him. He has that immaturity, if you like. And uh, for me, it's Matt up all the way. It's a very compelling argument you've both put forward. Um, absolutely. Brian, on which side of this rather beautiful fence uh, are you standing? I stand with my compadres, my brothers in arms, with Matip. You're a witch, Owen. Burn the witch. Canate <laughs> 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 will not play. <laughs> um I, I, I don't know. I just think uh, I, I tend to agree with what the lads have said. I mean, I take your point that he's faster, but 
I think it's a lot to ask a young player to 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 go to the Champions League final. I mean, we've seen it's 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 wrecked players' careers in the past, you know. Um, and considering he he he's not quite there yet, I think. I mean, he is developing fantastically, and um, more times than not, these when I'm watching, we're watching games that you know his name comes up, and and we you know, when I'm watching with my mates, we're, we're saying what a great game he's having what a great player he's turning out to be, all of this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the Wolves game was just a little reminder that, you know, he's not quite there yet. And I, I think, we, I mean, in terms, when I say not quite there yet, I mean, he's not he's not Matip or Verge, right? He's, he doesn't have that level of consistency yet, I think. And at the highest levels, it, it's just very unforgiving, you know? Uh, all it takes is him to have one bad game. And if that bad game happens to be the Champions League final, then it's, you know... It could end his career. So I think if Matip is fit, um, I I would go with him because also his his experience, you know, um, and just been there, done that. You know, nothing gives me more, makes me feel more cozy and safe than seeing Matip and uh, and Verge at the back. You know, I mean, I'm sure we can we can. And Matip's no slouch as well in terms of in terms of pace. I mean, he's not exactly slow. Um, I mean, I, I I think that the key matchup of the game will obviously be uh, Trent and uh, or how we deal with um, Junior. I'm just going to call him Junior because I can't pronounce his full name. Um, I think the game will hinge on that, right? Because most of the good stuff will come out of come out, come down that um, down that outlet. But um, I mean, either one, I'd be happy with. I prefer to have Matt up there. I'd be worried if it's Kanate. Um, it's a great answer. Again, it's a great answer. And uh, okay, I mean, they, you know, they say that uh, most of us live in democratic places. So I've been outvoted, but uh, I would prefer a world in which I am the dictator. And, uh, you know, but uh, we, unfortunately, life is not like that. Let's move on a little bit to uh, our biggest fears. Um, I want to talk about the positives after, but let's get let's get over some of our biggest fears at least let's let's share it in this group environment so the things that are you know shaking me like uh, you know like a james bond martini um are the way firstly okay there are there are several because i'm a nervous ni ninny um thibaut courtois um they faced as i said 64 shots i think um, and Thibaut Courtois has saved 48 of them. Um, in the battle of the goalkeepers, um, Alisson has only saved 51% of his Champions League shots, whereas Thibaut Courtois has saved 77%. Um, so he's been the main thing that's gotten through a lot of the time. I remember a couple of absolutely stunning saves against Chelsea that he... He uh, he he uh, he made um, another thing is just you know Karim Benzema. I believe he's got fifteen Champions League goals and twenty-seven league goals, forty-two goals for the campaign in the two biggest competitions. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's uh, I don't know. He's given me he's he's shitting me up for want of a you know a less vulgar. Um, expression um is there anything that uh is is uh you know doing the same to you uh alan uh yeah well as just just as we said there like if if ibu was marking benzema i would be shitting myself um but i think joel or virgil van dyke would would be well able for him 
and um, of course junior is, is is going to be the battle he he worries me but um it's going to be a battle between him and trent and i mean trent in a defensive way more so than attacking and we've seen over the last few months even the doubters that said trent can't defend have had to shut up lately um so i think that's one of our major battles but it's also one of my fears is just Vinicius is just he's on fire at the moment um apart from that no apart from that i'm like i said very confident well it's a lovely answer absolutely Vinicius junior i mean i've got some uh, some metrics in front of me for him i mean it's it's a worrying he want his uh, sort of um what do they call these things uh it's like a diagram where you, you get all of his strengths on one on one picture um i got it from a, a twitter account i think it's called crab stats in infogram uh, it, i think uh, thank you an infogram yes of vinicius junior i mean he's only 21 and a half years old i like the way they put the and a half it's very sort of five-year-old here uh, uh and he's basically extremely lethal in adding value to an attack in xg per shot uh non-penalty goals xg he's like the top of the top uh progressive carries as well dribbles completed he's just below the top of the top but he's very 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 good open play expected assists um when he drops deep he's 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 up there with the very best in terms of completing passes when he drops deep Vinny's in the form of his his young life his 21 and a half year old life so yes he's very much much of fear um is there anything else uh jamie are you a nervous person jamie are, anything else that's uh having you reaching for the for the pampers um yeah there's a couple of things i'm nervous of because i saw it i saw them do it both times in the in the chelsea and city game where you know he puts the experienced heads on the field he's got Cruz, modric and his third midfielder escapes me i did have it up a minute ago um Ooh, so modric and casemiro yeah, yeah. Sorry, just burn me a second. I think I've disappeared there for a minute. That's okay. We still, I can yeah. still hear you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what Ancelotti did in the Chelsea and City games was he basically got to seventy minutes or sixty-five minutes and just changed his entire midfield three for three lads that are five, eight years younger. And I think that that was what won him the ties. He sort of well, by the brilliance of Benzema, but it sort of overran the tired legs of of the other two teams. And I think. We don't, if Tia, definitely if Thiago's not fit um, and then Fabinho's you know, only 80%, what, what do we do with him? You know, do we look to bring James Milner on and move Henderson to the to the six at some point during the game? Do we, you know, do we do we risk Curtis Jones in such a big game? You know, we've, we've really got, you know, we've not really got great midfield options at the minute if Thiago's not there. So, yeah, the... The way Ancelotti uses his substitutes is a big fear for me because I think he's got them absolutely bang on in the um, in the two knockout games against the other two English sides. It's an absolutely superb answer. Uh, Jack Mack is in the chat from uh, Jack Mack LFC. Do check out his YouTube channel. Uh, Jack saying the fear of not giving out all and not starting quickly. Uh, you know, we need to take our chances. That's one of his fears. Uh, the substitutes is a really, it's a really good call, Jamie, because their their substitute list 
um, from their game against Manchester City, the 3-1 game. Uh, they had David Alaba, who's going to start, he's confirmed as a starter, so it will be Nacho on the bench. They had uh, Jesus Vallejo, I don't know him, uh, Marco Asensio, uh, they brought on Lucas Vasquez, great player, Danny Ceballos, great player, Rodrigo, of course, he's also on fire, and Eduardo Camavinga, the young you know, the hot prospect from France. So, I mean, they're, 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 their strength and depth is superb. Um, Brian, we got we got not bad options on the bench ourselves. And is, is there anything that's, uh, you know, that's uh, that's shaking you up, that's, uh, you know, making you, you know, more more shaky than Elvis's pelvis? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think the lads have covered the two main things that we have to address in this particular game. And if we if we address those, then we'll beat them, I think, hands, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and that's uh, we need to have a plan for Junior. Uh, and uh, and how do we how do we cope with him? Because he's one of the best players I've seen. He's definitely the best player I've seen. Or he's up there with that guy who played against us, the the, the striker from uh, South America. Um, he, the, 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 in which number, game? Wow, he played number nine for the Portuguese team, was it? Um, I oh, Darwin name. Nunes, you mean? Yeah, Darwin Nunes. Yes, yeah. Uruguayan from Benfica. Yeah, yes, that's fabulous it. player. Darwin Nunes, just like, wow, he was amazing. And then this guy, that goal he scored when he did the back heel, I was like, wow. <laughs> unbelievable so yeah we're going to have to have a specific plan for him i think and i know that we don't normally do that but he, he's just such a talent and so direct that he could score three goals just on his own um if we if we don't neutralize it and as jamie says um you know brilliant point angelotti he's he's a chess player for sure and uh and he he has a he's making the best he's getting the best possible tune out of that team and he's using them as cleverly as he possibly can. And uh, I don't see him deviating in this game at all. That's the best thing for him to do is to is to rotate his midfield um, and really punish teams in the last 15 minutes. Because it's no accident that they've just scraped by in every single game um in the dying embers of of the Chelsea was it uh, sorry, dying embers of the, the city game. And uh, and the previous two games before that, um, it's because of his substitutions, uh, and they they couldn't handle it. So I think we have um, we have a bit of an advantage in the fact that it's now so obvious that's what their plan is, that's what they're doing. He's I don't think I can't see him deviating from that because what else does he do? It's such a powerful move for him to do. So maybe we can have um, be ready for that, and maybe we can answer that by saying maybe we save the legs of some of our better players and we do the same. We bring them on in the 60th minute, you know, particularly with the, you know, let's say Tiago is is 60 percent. Like, would you would you play him? Would you start him if he's only 60 percent? I'd I'd probably like to see him coming off the bench um, in the second half and and the first half. We just we just pressed them to it and injured their lives. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but those those two things. I mean, Junior particularly. Junior is really he he scares the shits out of me as you, as you said earlier on. Uh, yeah. Scares the living bejesus. Okay, well, let's. Well, let's. Yeah. That's a great answer as well. And let's let's talk about the the things that make you jiggly. The things that are, you know, the opposite end of the of the rainbow. 
uh, where we've got, you know, things that just you just can't help but smile. Um, for me, I don't know. I'll give you my answer in a bit. But Brian, I know you've got it. You've got to chip off fairly soon. So I'm going to mm -hmm. I'm going to do that in reverse order, Brian, and then Jamie and then Alan. So, Brian, you go first. Things that are making you making you jiggly, things that are making you smile. Beyonce. Beyonce makes me jiggle. Oh, oh, football related. Okay. Football, yeah, preferably related to yeah. the to the to the final, yeah. <laughs> but uh um Diaz, he 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 he's uh oh he's just magic, you know. Every time he he gets the ball, you just think, what's he gonna do? You know, it's it's that X factor. I mean, the whole team makes me jiggly, to be honest with you. I just love watching Liverpool play these days. Um Salah, Salah, the Salah story. I love it. I'm all over it. I mean, you know, people have been complaining, going, Oh, he's making it he's making it too personal or all that kind of stuff. No, these are horrible, horrible fuckers. Excuse my language. I, I, I want I want to do one over them. I want Salah to, to 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 get a to get a bucket load of goals. I mean, I not that that will happen, I don't know, but I would um yeah, I, I hope Salah, Mane, and Diaz start this game. Um and uh, I just, I just, I just hope everything we touch turns to gold uh, in this game, you know. Because I think we've had, um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I noticed in the last maybe six to seven games, we've had quite a few shots go over the bar, or particularly a lot of shots go just wide of the posts. I've seen so many shots so close, and uh, I think we're due uh, uh, a, a bunch of those going in there's a, I've, I've seen at least a half a dozen shots that the, the keeper was gone he had no chance of getting there um but it was just a half an inch wide so um yeah and the top the top three that's the one I'm, I'm i'm really excited for you know and to i mean i think um i think we can put on a, a real show here um and and lay down a marker because not only are we going to win the treble if you know we do that but we'll do it by doing it in Paris against Real Madrid. It doesn't get much bigger than that, really. God, I had. I wish I had your optimism. That's absolutely <laughs> beautiful answer. Um, I, I, I'm. I'm just. I mean, I can barely sleep looking at the head-to-head -head record between Ancelotti and Klopp. Is not that great? And I don't know. I just have all these things swimming around my head. But yes, you're absolutely right. When you think of the front three, it's absolutely beautiful, isn't it, Jamie? I mean, what? Who would be your? Uh, you know, you're, you you know, uh, you could talk about them, or you could talk about something different that you're really makes you excited. Um, no, it is the it is the it is the front three that, that give you hope going into the game. You know, it's got to be it's got to be Sally, Sally, Mane, Diaz. You know, it, it it can't be. You know, one one thing we're going to have to do with this Real Madrid team is is move them around, get them get them thinking about where the attacks are coming from. And I think when we've got Jota on the pitch, I've 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 been, I've I wouldn't call myself a, a skeptic of Jotters, but I just don't think he's any good 30 yards from goal. And in a game like this, you're going to need to be good 30 yards from goal. You know, so, you know, the front three are getting me getting me excited if it's those three that start. Um, listen, if it is Jotter that starts and maybe Diaz is on the bench, then then we've got something to be excited about coming off the bench. But um, also the fullbacks as well, actually. You know, we talk about Trent having a tough time against against Vinicius, but, you know, Trent's good enough to harm them in other ways. You know, it, it's long been my belief that, listen, if he has some challenging times in defence, there's always going to be someone in the middle to sort that out for him. You know, he can damage them in so many ways going forward. And then you've just got the energy of Andy Robb up and down. You know, it, it's going to it's gonna cause them all kinds of problems. So, you know, like I said about the substitutes, making a difference. 
the, the, the thing is they've got a very old side. You know, they're quite an aging team, bar, bar a couple. You know, all their midfielders are over 30. Um, like their main midfielders are over 30. So if we can if we can run the legs off them for an hour with with Andy Robbo's energy and the front three's energy, then, then hopefully it can open up later in the game for us. Great stuff. Yeah, I mean, Luis Diaz against Carver, how, I mean, he, he scored four Champions League goals this term, including for Porto, four goals and one assist in 12 matches. Um, his XG was three, so he's a bit above his XG by scoring four. And his expected assists is 2.6, but he's only got one assist. So he's due an assist, at least, uh, Luis Diaz. But that is surely the thing that, you know, makes the makes the sun shine brighter for you, Alan. I mean, Luis Diaz or and Mane and Salah all attacking Real. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, as we all know, Diaz has just been a sensation. Uh, I think I said before earlier on in the podcasts, when I see him play, he reminds me of Suarez, he reminds me of Torres, he reminds me of Salah, all in one. He just has that electricity when he gets the ball, he can bounce it off people's legs like Suarez, he can run past players like Salah, and he, he's had a few great shots, especially in, in the final last week, he should have scored, but one of them shots is going to go in soon. Um, he can score from outside the box, he can score from inside the box, the chap is just magic, magic. Like the whole team from start to finish excites me. Klopp excites me. The coaching staff excite me. It's just what a time to be a red. Uh, and Jam- Jamie's point about uh, Jota, I-, I agree. I think at the beginning of the season, I thought Jota was going to be sensational. Now, I know he scored a, a good few goals for us, which was great. But when he's not scoring goals, he doesn't, surprisingly, he's not contributing much like pass-wise or, or going by players. He seems to lose the ball a lot. But I would like... I like him on the bench. I think I think he's better suited to come on in the last thirty minutes of the game. So there's there's no there's no one in that team that doesn't excite me. Like I said, just to see Klopp on the side of the pitch gives me the, j- the jiggly. Just this team, <laughs> this team is just special. And um, again, the lads are right about um, um, their subs and and the way Ancelotti brings them on. And he's brilliant. And I think we have a manager that's well able to. to counter that you know like i think when he brings on his subs i think we will do the same and i also think you know something i i have a funny feeling that jorgen is going to spring a surprise i've you know feeling harvey elliott might be starting that team don't know why i just have the feeling he played well in his last game harvey elliott Mm. so could start you say could start yeah depending Mm. on, on on injuries of course like you know, I could see if, if Fabinho, say, for instance, wasn't fit, Hendo would go into the six, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Harvey start. Mm. I might be way off the mark, but I, I just have a feeling. Yeah, I mean, Klopp loves uh, loves punning the Harvey card. He, he's sort mm. of, this season, Diane Lovren in the big games, pulling the Harvey cards. Excellent stuff. Um, Brian, you, you, you're staying with us to the, to the death, which is very exciting. I want to move yes, on. Yes. Uh, to the to the next topic, which is something that really makes me jiggly, and it's Sadio Mane in the nine. Now, I found thanks to Transfer Mucked website, they've got um, you know a breakdown of all the goals he scored uh, from with the, in the different positions, and this is the thing that I was uh, I was looking for, um, which is really 
uh, it's really good. So if you look just in the Champions League, okay, so he played uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven matches, eight matches on the left wing. Um, so he played seven matches on the on the left wing, and he uh, has played one, to five, one, one, two, three, four matches as a centre forward in the Champions League. As a centre forward, he scored three goals in those four matches. Um, when he look at him in the Premier League, um, he's played a few matches, obviously ended the season a lot of the time. In his last one, two, three, four, five matches as a centre-forward, he's got three goals and one assist in the Premier League. Um, in the big games in the FA Cup, his last two games, the semi-final and the final in the FA Cup, he got two goals, both goals against Manchester City. Uh, so two goals in two matches there. He didn't score as a centre-forward in the EFL Cup final, but that's OK because we won 10-11 on penalties, thanks to Kepa. And I saw another replay, well, I saw the same replay again of Virgil van Dijk's penalty pulling Kepa's bluff, and it never gets old. I do recommend to everyone checking that out again. But Mane in the nine, going back to my point, here is that he's 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 freaking brilliant in the nine uh brian and i just wonder because there's an interesting thing for me is that is that in tactically neither team is likely to change no matter what happens in the game like madrid will try and defend and play on the counter if they're one nil up or if they're three nil up or if they're two nil down they won't risk going forward and leaving the space in behind because of our speedy attackers uh but i just want you to you to 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 imagine Sadio Mane getting 90 or even 120 minutes going at that Real Madrid defence. And if I was them, if I was Militao, if I was Alaba coming back from injury, I would be, you know, bricking it. I would be, you know, I would have built a wall uh, by now, you know. what? How, how do you feel about Mane in the nine? It's his best position, isn't it, Brian? He would have built a wall of shit. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> oh, yes, when they were shitting themselves. Yes, what are you doing, honey? <laughs> Never mind, <laughs> I'm preparing for the game <laughs> with my own feces. <laughs> no, uh, I think, uh, yeah, no, look, I, I, I you know, I love Mane, I, lo I love them out on the left. Uh, I, I, I've loved them for the longest time. He's always felt like the player who just wants it more than any other player on the pitch. I think he kind of dragged us kicking and streaming a couple of um a couple of seasons ago to to the title you could see you know he was um he was the guy for a while and then he had a little bit of a dip in form and now you know he's um playing in through the middle and uh, in the nine and uh he's brilliant really good and he's really clever his movement is fantastic and he gives us another he gives us another option and uh, we have that issue we have a good problem of finding places we need to find need to find game time for all these brilliant players. You know, it's obvious we have one brilliant player too much up front. And and when we have like the flexibility to play players in different positions, um, that just that just helps our uh you know everything no end and you know what you were saying about uh as you were talking about real madrid sitting back and, and looking to hit us on the counter break i'm thinking that's another reason why you have to play matip in this game uh because you know Matt, nobody brings the ball out of defense better than matip in world football right now and it causes them all kinds of problems um you know do you go with him do you not go with him you know um so you know getting back to, you know on mané um 
yeah, no, he's he's absolutely brilliant. and he's in great form right now. He's in he's in he's in great form. So yeah, he's an absolute chew in in that position. I can't see anybody, you know. I mean, and we have the options of bringing in Bobby off the bench uh, late in the game or whatever. We need something different. So yeah, no, I think uh, he's the only player I can see playing that position now, which is surprising because you would never have thought that at the start of the season, right? That, you know, Mane is the is the player you think of up, up front in that role, but he's quickly made that position. I wouldn't say he's made it his own, but he's he's taking a claim at the moment. Um, he certainly is. He certainly is. Um... Yeah, uh, sadly, man. I mean, I can't, I can't wait to see him to see him attack along with Diaz versus Carvajal, along with Salah on his revenge mission. Very exciting. Um, but what in terms of the, the Munich uh, rumours that seem to be kind of floating around. Oh, yeah, great question. I'm going to put that to Jamie. Jamie, what do you think uh, about the 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 Bayern Munich rumours? Um, I can see why they're coming them out. Bayern Munich look to take advantage of of players in, you know, the latter stages of the contract. Normally it's in, in domestically, normally it's, you know, players based in Germany that you want to do that. But, you know, I, I don't think it's a surprise to see the, the best team in Germany linked with linked with one of our players. You know, they're always going to be shopping in the same baskets. Um, like I say, Bayern Munich haven't quite got the financial muscle to to, to pay for them when they're at the peak of the, of the contract. So, you know, three years out when the fees are going to be you know, in the hundreds of millions, I don't think Bayern are going to do that. Um, so I can see why they're interested in Mane with one year to go. Um, I think the fee is a little bit on the low side that, that's been talked about. I've, I've seen 42 million, uh, 42 million pounds, which is 50 million euros. Um, Derisory. Derisory. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think the club will, club will be tempted at that. There may become a point where they become tempted, the club, um, given his age, given given the the, the, the perceived risk of, of a player entering the thirties. But yeah, I can I can definitely see why Bayern are interested, you know. Um and I think his long term position is number nine. Um I think I think he's made every every claim to stay as our number nine for the foreseeable future. Um and you know, that gives Diaz more more opportunities to play on the left hand side. Rotating and out with Jota, um, so yeah, yeah, no surprises at all with the buying, buying rumours. But it's interesting, Jamie, just staying with you for a moment because you said everyone, you know, you said you they, they there might be a price for for Mane, and I think everyone does have their price, and I also think that no one is irreplaceable in 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 football. I mean, it's very difficult to replace someone like Mane or. Or Salah, for example. But uh, you know, if for example, Mane left and Darwin Nunes came in, you would think, okay, maybe we've got a chance of of uh, you know not too much damage to the team. But on an emotional level, Jamie, just the idea that you know Mane, he's such a club legend, and 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 Salah as well. Would you would you you know just for that reason take take a risk on extending their contract be into their thirties, or you know have we have they shown signs of of slowing down oh oh no no i mean every i mean i'd i'd, I'd be extending Sadio Mane's contract tomorrow um if i was if i was the one in charge but i can see why the club might not um but i don't i don't think it is a risk actually you know analytics will tell you that but footballers are looking after themselves better than ever um really that with regards to them being club legends of course they are but i think with especially Mane, especially because he came a year earlier than salah you know, this this will be. I think this is his seventh season with us now. 
that's a long time in football for him to be around. So I wouldn't blame Mane if, if at the end of this season, if we win the Champions League, that means he's won two. If he just does just does decide, you know, maybe it is time for a different challenge. Maybe it is time to to go somewhere else. Um, and I think that'll that'll play a part as well. Um, but yeah, if I was in charge, I'd be extending his deal. Um, definitely. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, very interesting answer. And I totally agree. Um, although, Alan, I mean, if Sadio Mane does say that he wants to leave, would you, if you were the club, would you insist that he stayed for the last year of his contract and say, well, you can move for nothing next year? Or would you take a knockdown price in the region of, say, 60 or 70 million euros? Yeah, it'll break my heart to see Mane leave. I just love the chap. I love his attitude. I love his behaviour on and off the pitch. Just fantastic. But if you're going to lose him anyway and you got an offer of 50 or 60 million, I, I think we should take it. Um, I don't know if it's... Um, I don't know. I get a feeling... Uh, I, I just get a feeling that maybe something like um, the Salah situation is, is, is probably eating in on him as well. Like, you know, it's, when you're a cl club legend like that and you give everything in every game and the club kind of doesn't offer you a good contract, it probably gets in on you a bit, you know, especially someone like him that gives everything, you know, every minute on the pitch. So I wonder, is that maybe why he's slightly thinking of moving on, that he's not feeling the love? Like we all know, Klopp will show him the love, but as we've seen with Genie, Klopp did not want Genie to go, but it was the financial part, uh, the business part of the club that let Genie go. So I think that's what worries me, that himself and Salah might be feeling, OK, we'll get this season over with and we'll see then, you know. Also, you know, you heard the Kylian Mbappe story there where he said he was talking to Liverpool a few weeks ago and it, does, does that sink into the likes of Saleh and Mane thinking, hold on, that's, they won't give me a contract, but they were going, they were willing to pay him. You know, that's my worry about the, the likes of Mane that, that they might be feeling a bit, you know, we've done everything here now, we've won everything and maybe it is time to move on. So I suppose the short answer to my long reply is I would take the 60 or 70 million reluctantly rather than lose them for nothing because with that 60 or million or odd, Klopp can bring in more players under the radar and stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. I would. Yeah, unfortunately, I would take it if it's if it's if it's the case that he's going to leave. Difficult decision, though, isn't it? Yeah, very, very, good very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. Okay, I think I wouldn't. I, I, I would, I would keep him. I would insist that he stays and use that year to, you know, to make sure that his his house is always full of flowers. You know, to try and, you know, persuade him and do, use absolutely everything to sort of woo him into signing a new contract, including. That's offering him a great deal you know uh that's, because uh, he deserves it yeah that's what brian did a few minutes ago to get permission to stay on the show he bought her flowers <laughs> yeah maybe exactly yeah, precisely precisely you've, you've not met uh, my wife <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh, very good <laughs> excellent stuff so brian yes the other the other conundrum the main thing that, uh, you know, because we can look at stats and we can look at previous form, we can look at the form this season of, for example, Thiago, uh, Fabinho and, you know, Henderson or Cato. We can, you know, but but form goes out the window if you're injured. <laughs> we saw that in the last game that Fabinho played, that Fabinho was obviously very, very, very shaky. And he was, uh, you know, the game changed after he came off with that injury and Henderson came on and we, we looked a lot more stable because he wasn't fit to start, even though he said that he was, obviously. Um, so, I mean, are you concerned 
because Fabinho is back in training, back in full training, so he's probably going to start. Tiago though is only starting full training today. So Brian, I mean, is that something that? I mean, let's say, for example, Thiago's only had two days of training or one day, including the flight over to Paris. Would you would you just chuck Thiago in it, it, from the start or would you keep him as one of your five subs and start Jimmy, the main man, the bulldog Milner? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm encouraged by uh, the news that uh, Thiago's injury was uh, Achilles um injury because um i i mean i wasn't aware of this but i i you know of course i've done a thesis on a reason the mass in the past two days i've been researching 24 hours a day around the clock talking to all the experts around the world and uh you know apparently um it's not straightforward with achilles in injuries that you can feel something you can feel pain and it's it's just a trigger it's a it's a kind of um particularly if you've had injuries in your achilles before so I I suspect that some of our players, particularly our bigger players, are very they all want to play in the final against Real Madrid in Paris, you know? They don't wanna they don't wanna miss out on that. And I think whereas previously mid-season they might be running through brick walls or they might be doing this because you know Klopp talks about it a lot. Pain is is purely mental, you know? It's like how you experience pain and how another person experiences pain is totally different. And it's based on it's not based on um how much pain you are in it's completely subjective and so i think like the likes of uh mo the likes of verge you know it's for me and i think it's interesting that they're all fit to play in the final you know and uh i'm hoping that uh tiago just felt something and I thought okay take me off because i don't and like he trusts he we don't need tiago to beat wolves right um it, it, we can beat wolves without tiago and uh you know when he came off he wasn't crying i mean not that you know <laughs> not that that's based that's not how we judge why his injuries are from now on but um you know i get i get the sense that um i think if, if he's fit he's fit like if, if if the medical team says yeah he's okay to play he's okay to train that's such a good sign that he's actually they're going to let him train then um you know who knows i mean i i think jamie's point is is really pivotal in terms of the, the overall strategy going into this game about how angelotti likes to change out his whole midfield i think that's that has to be center central to our plan as well we have to have something in the we need to keep some of our powder dry um to 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 just to let them know that whatever you throw at us whatever whatever trick you try to pull we've we've already thought about that and we've got an answer for that and so um so even if tiago is fit do you start him from the beginning i don't know i mean it, we'll, we'll see i mean i think fabinho is a bigger one for me um because i i think when he's fit and playing well we're a totally different proposition altogether you know um and so i i'd be more inclined to want to see him start the game um and have tiago on the bench than the other way around you know it's very rare that we bring I'm, i can count on one hand the amount of times we brought fabinho and off the bench um uh to change a game really it's usually he usually starts games um, so you would that... go. So, so you would go. For example, then you would go. You'd be quite happy to go. Let's assume Tiago is not fit to start. You'd be happy to go. Fabinho, Henderson, and Cater as your starting three. I mean, you would. You're not throwing any wild cards here, like Alan. You're not. 
you're not chucking in a Harvey. No. Um, I, uh, you know, funny enough, I do trust Harvey Elliott, though, as even as a young player. That guy looks after the ball extremely well. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like, oh, crap. I mean, the one, oh, yeah, no, yeah, the yeah, one player I don't want to see is, is Chamberlain. <laughs> Okay. He's okay. my new Nico Williams. Oh. <laughs> well, Nico's um, a great player. But, uh, yes, a great okay. Player. He's a great player. Okay. Um, in my in my defence, uh, I I do mean Harvey will will be thrown in if if Thiago and uh, Fabinho weren't playing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's important it to, very, to remind us of that. Absolutely. It was very unfair of uh, own to. It to was. I didn't mean to like imply that, anything uh, different, Alan. Yes. The, absolutely. Absolutely. The Welsh bully. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. No, I don't want to. Don't want to. Don't want to come across as that. No, absolutely not. The only bully I want to be associated is bully for bully from Bullseye. Sorry, Brian. It's okay. You you could you just talk over me. You're such a bully. <laughs> um, no, um, I think um, if Hendo and Fab are in there, then brilliant. You know that will give me a lot of. Uh, hey, Gary. Uh, that'll give me a lot of um, uh, uh, confidence going into that game. And then if we've got Naby and, and Thiago's on the bench, brilliant. If Thiago starts, then I trust the medical team. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, well, yeah, we will see. We will see. Jamie, you've been you've been sitting there quietly pondering this this midfield conundrum. I mean, obviously you made the great point earlier about about subs. They will be uh, key. But I mean, Brian said uh, before we, we we don't need Thiago to beat Wolves. Do we need Thiago even off the bench to beat Real Madrid? Um, I think I think a fully fit Thiago is is important, definitely. Um, but him not playing isn't the be all and end all. You know, I think if we can go into that mid, that game with the midfield of Henderson, Fabinho and Keita, I think we'll be all right. Um, I think the manager wants... I think the manager feels also he can get an hour out of James Milner somewhere. Now, does he take that gamble, start James Milner, give him an hour, take him off? Or does he bring him on with 60 to go? Does he bring him on on 60 with the intention that he can he can last the, the extra time period as well. Uh, that's something the manager might think about. Don't be don't be surprised if James Milner starts this game. You know, I was listening to um I was listening to another another show, uh one that we're probably all familiar with, the Anfield Rap. You know, uh, big fan of big fan of those guys. And I was listening to Neil Neil talk about it and and he said don't be surprised to see some James Milner. And I and I don't disagree with him. You know, James Milner could start this game. He showed he showed in the Newcastle game. Um, he shot the Newcastle game was evidence enough that he's still got what it takes to perform at an elite level from the start of games. You know, you've just got to pick them wisely for him. So, you know, if if Fabinho and Thiago aren't fit, then don't be surprised to see a midfield of Henderson, Milner, Keita. You know, but I think the midfield we all want to see is is Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago. But you know. Yeah, he is important, Thiago, because of the passing. He sees passes that none of us can. You know, even you know when you sat in the sat in the stands, when you think you've got a better view, he sees passes that you can't see, and it's a bit mad. Um, but you know, it's not the end of the world if he isn't fit. I think we have got solutions for that problem. 
lovely answer absolutely yeah I, I totally agree and and jimmy milner i mean i've got some stats i'll put them on the screen just because uh you know the people who who are with us now on youtube can can see them uh but um also the people who are just listening uh at home or in the park or you know in the in the police station wherever you listen to cop on podcast um the Stats of James Milner. These are over the past 365 days from fbref.com. And you can see in loads of metrics, he's in the uh, 85th percentile or over. So these are in assists, expected assists, non-penalty expected goals, plus expected assists, shot creating actions, passes attempted, progressive passes, uh, progressive passes uh, forward at least. Received in good positions, he's in the 84th percentile for that. Uh, tackles, blocks, clearances. So he's got the all round game, Alan, that is just, you know, it's still, it remains underrated. And I would actually like to see those stats in his last four or five performances because I think we've seen a renaissance in James Milner, the Ribena man. I mean, the, he's. He's been monstrous recently. I think it's gone a little bit under the radar, but uh, how would you feel if he started? How do you feel about Millie? Yeah, well, I just agree with Jamie there. Like that Newcastle game just showed showed he still has the ability to play full games. I think, um, I think did I see that stat there that he had 97% tackles? Uh, yes, he's in the 97th percentile uh, compared to all midfielders in the top five leagues of, wow. of, yeah. of Europe. It's unbelievable, his tackling. Well, that, and creating, because he's also the 99th percentile for expected assists from midfield. Fantastic. Crazy. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't have any worries of him starting. But just to go back to what we said earlier on about Carlo and Chilotti changing his midfield, if you imagine in 60, 65 minutes, Carlo changes his midfield and we bring on Milner to um, tackle them new midfield players and, and and put pressure on them, I think that would be great. That's, that would be my preferred thing, to let him finish the game. Plus, um, if you do go into, God forbid, injury time and penalties, you have the best penalty taker in Europe on your, uh, finishing the game as well. But I would have no fear of him starting the game, no fear at all. But I would prefer to see him come on second half, just to, when they have their fresh midfield on, and on Millie to put the pressure on them as Millie does. Get yeah. his customary yellow card early. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can put, you can put money on that. If you're going to put money on anything in the Champions League final, I recommend not doing it. But uh, put, put money on a James Milner yellow card. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, totally. Um, okay, that's enough about the midfield three. I just want to talk now to finish up. To finish up, I want to talk about basically where 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 are you going to watch it? Where where are you going to watch it, Brian? Are you going to be at home? Uh, you know, pacing up and down with your with your buddy. You, you know, yeah. your buddy's more nervous than you are, right? When 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 you watch Liverpool, where, what's going to happen? What's it going to be like in in Brian Land? Oh, Mace, I'm just buzzing. I can't believe we're in another Champions League final. I'm like absolutely buzzing. I'm super, I'm mega superstitious. So I'm like, I'm going out and doing all the things I need to do, making sure I'm having a good week. I'm not having to get into arguments with anybody. I'm getting very zen about everything. I'm like, yes, you're right. That's fine. I apologize. Nothing <laughs> is like disturbing my peace. 
And on that day, uh, here in Hong Kong, we have these things called junk boats, which are uh, like wooden, wooden um, how would you describe them? Kind of like party boats almost, I suppose. We sail out into the islands and the kids jump in the sea and play around. And we have a couple of our favorite people. Like there's about 12 of us, 12, uh, 12 going out. And I'm going with my buddy uh, on this junk. And we're going to spend the whole day in the ocean. Uh, swimming, drinking, swimming, drinking, and then we're going to stop off at the chippy on the way back and get some curry and chips, and then we're going to bring an inordinate amount of alcohol into my uh, house, and then we're going to play. What we do now is we play Pro Evo, on, and we just basically, whatever team we're playing against, we beat them with every team around the world. You know, <laughs> we play them with the All-Stars, we play them with, uh, you know, so we'd be, we'd be absolutely battering Real Madrid. Um, here's a good stat. Every single game that I've watched with this guy for the past two seasons, we have won. We have not lost Ooh. a single game we watched together. Excellent and we stuff. are watching this weekend, my friends. It's happening. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Destiny's Ibu Konate. Very good. Is Brian yeah. and his buddy watching the game. Well, that's fantastic news. Very good. Jamie, what about you? What happens in your world? Do you have pre-match rituals where you're watching the game? Um. So, yeah, I'll be going back to my mum's in Liverpool to watch the game. You know, we watched um, we watched Istanbul there. Um, we watched Madrid there. So, I'm going to watch the, that this one there as well. Um, in terms of pre-match rituals, nothing really. Um, I've got a, I've got something to do in the daytime, which I'll get out the way, you know, and then just it'll be a, about an hour and 40 minute drive back to my mum's. Um, so, so yeah. Would it be just the two of you, or would it be other family members? No, no, neighbors? the whole family will be there. The, the whole family of Liverpool fans. Me mum, me dad, me brother, me wife. Actually, she's a West Bromwich Albion fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a yeah. Um, last year wasn't wasn't fun for her, especially what happened with oh, with Alison. Um, so oh, okay. you know, she 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 comes up, she cheers us on though. She th she her theory is as long as I'm happy, she's happy as well. So she'll always cheer Liverpool on as well. Um, so we'll all be watching it. Hopefully, you know, with with the right result. I mean, Madrid was great. There, uh, I remember Istanbul. Watching Istanbul at my mum's. Um, you know, the party we had for that was was unreal. Um, especially after what happened. So, so yeah, I'll just be. I've not really got any pretty much rituals or superstitions. I'm not a very superstitious person, if I'm being honest with you. Um, so yeah, I'll just be going, be going and getting excited, and and the anticipation will be will be big fantastic answer absolutely great stuff uh and what about you alan what are your what are your plans uh, again I, I have no rituals ranting really but um hopefully be watching it with some of the kids um um saturday is going to be a great day actually because i like rugby as well and leinster are playing la rochelle in the european cup final before our game so oh, that'll yes. be Good if, luck to Leinster. Yeah. Okay. So if the kids are here, I'll look out with them. If the kids are not here, I'll be legless in the local pub. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm going to enjoy this occasion because a fantastic season, fantastic team. Let's just enjoy it. Fantastic. Yeah, great answer. Great answer. I will say one thing about Istanbul, it being the, you know, almost the anniversary of it. Um, I don't remember what happened after. I do remember waking up on my bathroom floor. I don't know what I'd ejected out of my body uh, by the time I'd woken up. But uh, for anyone drinking, you know, 2019 was better for me, not because it was a better final or anything, but just because, uh, you know, I, I didn't drink. 
Uh, and I think actually having given up drinking, it's really nice to remember things. Uh, so I remember the 2019 final and just the, the amazing feeling of elation. And hopefully wherever you are, uh, in the world, you'll, you'll be having that same feeling of elation and, uh, you know, and uh, taking it as easy as possible. Uh, we've got a final couple of comments. Uh, very good. And uh, there you go. Gary Richards says he'll be at home. Owen, get the magre in. If we get get the magre in the wok, old Dean. I love that. The magre de canna. If, you, if you're coming to Paris, do try some of the local specialities. Absolutely delicious. Uh, and thanks to Jeannie in the chat, Gary. Uh, we've had a few other people in the chat, Jack, Mac and Doug. Thank you so much to Jamie and to Alan and to Brian for joining me. It's been so much fun. My optimism has gone up since talking to you guys i was optimistic i thought we were slight favorites now it's gone up even more uh, are you feeling more optimistic guys i don't know generally feeling nice and optimistic going into this one then even more than before i don't, I don't know absolutely absolutely Excellent. Yeah. brian always cheers me up yeah great okay and jamie too but it's a great point and you've given Good stuff me from jamie thanks yeah yeah thanks very much guys Thanks very much. So, yeah, you'll never walk alone. Let's go to Paris and take number seven, numero up the seven. Up the Let's red. Yeah. Savage. <laughs> <laughs>